Hi, I'm Michael Stiddle. And I'm Nick Nanos. And welcome to Trendline. Nick, we're exactly two weeks away from Election Day, and tonight is the big English language debate where we're going to see six party leaders on stage, including Green Party leader Elizabeth May and People's Party of Canada leader Maxime Bernier. So what can we expect tonight? Well, we can expect an attempt at fireworks because the reality is is that the big English leaders debate and the big French leaders debate are two critical events in the election that average people actually tune into to watch and they also focus on the post-debate analysis uh, Mm. to try to figure out who might have what it takes to win this election and perhaps, I guess to use a, a game show analogy, if this was Survivor Island, there might be someone that might be voted off the island tonight as a result of a poor performance. <laughs> the tiki torch will be extinguished. <laughs> yes, there will be tears. How's that? <laughs> so uh, the perennial question, do knockout punches exist? Everybody always talks about the famous uh, 1984 debate exchange between Brian Mulroney and John Turner. You, sir, owe the Canadian people a deep apology for having indulged in that kind of practice with those kinds of appointments. Well, I've told you and told the Canadian people, Mr. Mulroney, that I had no option. Well, you you had an option, sir. You could have said, I am not going to do it. This is wrong for Canada, and I am not going to ask Canadians to pay the price. You had an option, sir, to say no, and you chose to say yes to the old attitudes and the old stories of the Liberal Party. That, sir, if I may say respectfully, that is not good enough for Canadians. I had no option. I was able that to is an avowal of failure. That is a confession I, of non-leadership. And this country needs leadership. You had an option, sir. You could have done better. There you go. So do knockout punches really exist? And, and can, we see a, can we see a big drastic change come out of a debate? You know, the knockout punches are epic, historic, and unusual. Uh, mm. We don't really see, you know, the example that we just used with Brian Mulroney and John Turner is fits all of those criteria. Uh, but the reality is, is that not all debates have a right out knockout punch. But it's pretty clear that debates do regularly have it where one opponent lands a punch on the others. And let's face it, this is a target rich environment, much more of a target rich mm-hmm. environment compared to previous uh, previous leaders debate because this is bit this this election has been characterized by a lot of personal bickering a lot of mudslinging we've had you know the the we've had Justin Trudeau talk about the blackface controversy which has dogged him we have Andrew Shear talk about his two passports we've talked about Justin Trudeau's two airplanes all kinds of stuff so you can imagine there will be jabs for sure tonight Uh, But you know what? I think the sad part is, is I'm not sure how interested Canadians are in hearing more bickering from all of the federal party leaders. They likely want to hear, you know, if you can't pay your bills or your your son or daughter can't get a job or is underemployed, you want to hear about what anybody has to think about in terms of a stronger future for Canada, not bickering from uh, primarily the two frontrunners. Yeah, I, I, as you just said, we really haven't seen a lot of actual policy discussion in this election. You could argue that the brownface scandal opened up a wider conversation about systemic racism, but things like the two planes or the dual citizenship are sort of secondary issues. If you are an Alberta voter, I'm sure you're incredibly frustrated that there has been no debate about pipelines. But I believe energy and the environment will be one of the topics tonight in the debate. 
Well, it should be because, you know, our tracking, our uh, longer term tracking suggests that the environment and how it intersects with resource development, climate change, carbon taxes, all those kind of jobs, all those things uh, is a top issue that Canadians want to hear about. And uh, I think uh, that everyone would be well served if all of the federal party leaders could at least start skirmishing and setting forth their different views and visions for the country based on the environment and the economy, because that's what people want to hear about. If we get the same kind of bickering and kind of gotcha zinger lines, yes, it might be a little entertaining. It might make some people chuckle, but it's probably going to leave the vast majority of Canadians with an experience that they're disappointed and specifically disappointed in the two front runners. So let's talk about where what the national numbers are right now and, and what the front runners have to do to get ahead tonight. So right now in the in the tracking that we just released just a couple hours ago for CTV and the Globe, uh, basically 34 for the Liberals, 33 for the Conservatives, 15 NDP, Green Party at 10, Bloc at 5, People's Party at 2. But you know what, Michael, what's quite interesting, and I, I'm not sure, I'm going to have to check the deep historical archives at Nanos, but when I look right. at the age groupings, almost every single age group, there is not anyone with a clear advantage. Usually the wow. conservatives are doing better among older people or middle-aged Canadians. The liberals are doing better among millennials and stuff like that. And uh, mm. when I look through the demographic numbers tonight, it's like right across the board, young, middle-aged or old, you are unsure as to who you'd want to wow. see this. And it's a toss-up. It's very unusual to see that right across the board on the demographics, but it speaks to the environment that we're in, right? You know, mm -hmm. if 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 the election were a desert right now, Canadians would drink a dirty glass of water because it has <laughs> just been so absent of the things that they yeah. want to talk and hear about. So if you are Liberal leader Justin Trudeau and you're on stage with five other people and two of them are vying to be the alternative on the left, what do you do tonight to get ahead? Well, I think uh, for Justin Trudeau, his strategy has to be has to focus on Andrew Scheer and present Canadians with a, a version where do you want Andrew Scheer to be prime minister or do you want me to be prime minister? And uh, and to try to mobilize that progressive voter behind the liberals. At the same time, he has to explain why he deserves a second term. It's not enough just for him to tear down Andrew Scheer as an alternative. He's got to explain what's left to be done and whether he actually deserves a second term or not. And what about conservative leader Andrew Scheer? Well, for Andrew Scheer, you know, not only does he have to tear down the liberals, but he needs to focus mostly on policy. And he needs to have some sort of message that inspires his voters to come out and vote. We know historically that for those Canadians that would consider voting for the Conservatives and who end up voting for the Conservatives, they're usually more likely to vote, even though they're a smaller pool of voters. So he's need to provide a reason for people to come out and vote for the Conservatives and to vote for him as the Prime Minister, because he's just come off a week that has been pretty rough as he's been kind of clarifying things related to his citizenship and his, I'll call it his professional credentials. So he's got to mm -hmm. pivot that around to uh, rally up the conservative troops in order to get them to come out and vote. So both uh, Trudeau and Scheer obviously need votes in Quebec. And tonight we're going to have, for the first time, People's Party of Canada leader Maxime Bernier and Bloc Québécois leader Yves-Francois Blanchet. 
So how will that impact the debate? Yeah, if politics were a deck of cards, these would be the two wild cards. I'm not going to say Joker, mm. but wild cards, right? <laughs> because, uh, no, right. For, for Blanchett, he's got a, a clear, easy message. Uh, his English is not that good. Actually, uh, I heard that after the French TV ad debate, he congratulated mm. Jagmeet Singh on how good his French was and made some sort of mm. comment was, I wish my English was as good as your French. So, oh, uh, okay. so but... For Blanchett, he's probably going to have a few lines nailed down, and he's going to mm -hmm. firmly target both the uh, liberals and the conservatives and advance the bloc as a party, specifically single-mindedly driven by getting stuff for Quebec and advocating for Quebec. So even though his English isn't that great, he'll probably have a very clear message that will cut through. Maxime Bernier, big question mark. You know, looking at his numbers, he's only at around 2% nationally. If he wants any chance to make the breakthrough that he wants to have, he needs an exceptional showing tonight. And the reality is, is that if he's going to pick up votes, it's going to be at the expense of Andrew Scheer. So he might mm -hmm. attack everyone across the board. But the reality is, if he doesn't shake loose voters from uh, the Conservatives and Andrew Scheer, it's going to be hard to see the People's Party going anywhere. So watch the Scheer-Bernier interchange because they were former members of the Conservative caucus and they're both mm -hmm. the two key challengers and aspirants for the Conservative leadership. It's another showdown between the two of them uh, for the hearts and minds, at least, of more conservative-minded voters. And NDP leader Jagmeet Singh and Green Party leader Elizabeth May have been sort of fighting it out. Will we see fireworks between those two? I'm not sure we're going to see fireworks between those two, but they're going to have very similar messages, I would expect. Because if there's a scenario where we're looking at a minority government, that basically frees up and gives license to people that like the Greens and people that like the New Democrats to stick with them. And, you know, perhaps the message that we get, we'll get from them might not be as combative, might be more measured along the lines of, do you know what, if, we, if, if we're in a minority government, it's important to have as many Greens and, and New Democrats in that minority parliament, and we will work for, for whatever we think is in the best interests of the country. They actually might have more positive messages than the others because uh, a minority government is a perfect scenario for both of those parties because if it looks like either the Liberals or the Conservatives have the upper hand, both of those parties could get crunched in a strategic voting movement. Nick, what's your big takeaway? Look for punches but no knockout, and uh, let's see whether the two frontrunners decide to talk ideas and stop bickering. <laughs> Nick, thanks very much. My pleasure. And where can we find you? You can reach me on Twitter at NIK Nick Nanos or on the web at www.nanos.co. And I'm on Twitter at Michael Stittle. If you're looking to watch the debate tonight, you can watch it on CTV, CTV News Channel, and ctvnews.ca, and our social media channels. That's starting at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. We'll have a live fact check on ctvnews.ca, so we're looking forward to that. If you're listening to this after the debate has ended, go to election.ctvnews.ca for all the highlights and analysis. This podcast was produced by Trevor Coral, Jesse Taharali, and Phil Hahn. Our executive producer is Liz Travers. Trendline is co-hosted by Nick Nanos and myself, Michael Stittle. Thanks for listening.